Hello, Rebecca. Hello. Welcome to Hardy Party of Five and a Half. Welcome. Fancy meeting you here. Fancy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so today we have an awesome guest mm-hmm. talking about one of the the loves of my life, which is the Dallas Mavericks. Yes. Since 1980, since this began, I have been a Maverick fan. <laughs> you have. There have been a lot of bad seasons I've sent through. Unwavering. Yes. Die hard is really the word. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've seen some bad basketball. That's right. But I've seen some great basketball. What's some great things you've seen? Okay. This is actually against the Mavericks. But mm-hmm. my when I think of the Mavericks, I've always been a Mavericks fan. But when Dr. J played, he was my favorite player. This is 1986, I believe. Mm-hmm. So I'm... I was like two years old. No, I was 16 <laughs> at the time. So I get tickets. I finally get to see Dr. J in the flesh. Because you know he's my man crush. Oh, he's like your if, man. If I have any man crushes, there's you can see the poster. He's on there's the wall a Dr. Right J there. poster yeah. behind us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which is cool. I used to have that poster in my room and then it kind of got lost. And Drew bought me the same poster for Christmas, not even knowing that it was the same poster. Oh, it was the same one? Yeah. I didn't know that. I know. I got a little teary so eyed about that. I am too now that I know the story. <laughs> Drew, you're so sweet. Drew, great job. You're our favorite son. Um, so in 86, I finally get to see Dr. J. My mom went with me. And I know. That's what? <laughs> I don't know. I'm learning so much today. <laughs> Keep going. We were sitting what seemed like bad seats because you know I like to be on the side where I can see the whole court. Not the end. But Not the, the middle, end. Like yeah. the middle. When you the say bit- side, you can be... That's yeah, it. where you can see the whole yeah. court right in front of you. Right. Well, in this game, the where only... everybody likes to be. <laughs> right. Well, in this game, the place I hate to be is on the end behind the basketball goals. Yeah. And we were as far as up as you could go at Reunion Arena at the time. So at the time, it seemed like really bad seats. I couldn't see a lot of what's going on on the other side of the court, mm-hmm. but it turned out great because with just a few seconds left, Dr. J, he knew I was there. He did. He did. He knew I was there, so he hit a half-court three-point shot, and it was from where I was sitting. He shot toward the other basket, so I could see the whole play beautifully. He took two dribbles <laughs> and let it go, won the game. So that's one of the memories I have. That's against the Mavericks. Right so now, I have to come up with the because there's so many great memories with the Mavericks. Yeah, and I just like following the team during the season and see how they develop. Yeah, and, and watch players and all that. Yeah. Well. One memory I have is when we, you and I went to go see the Chicago Bulls mm-hmm. and the Mavericks. Mm-hmm. And remember this, that big puffy Chicago Bulls jacket I got you for our oh, yeah, anniversary? Look, yes. In 1993. <laughs> yes. That looks like it's from 1993. If we had that now, it'd probably be worth some money. And Should we not have it? I don't, I don't know. We're I don't know. It if, might be in the attic. Do you think it would be worth some money? I don't know. Somebody I would just wear, would it. wear it. Somebody would wear it. You would wear it. I'm not the Bulls fan I used to be. That's right. And I was not that big a Michael Jordan fan. I you was were a Scottie, Scottie Pippen, Pippen fan. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyways, remember that game. And it was one of the years, gosh, 96, where the Bulls were again mm-hmm. the best team in the league mm-hmm. and the Mavericks room. Man, this is, be- this is before Dirk, BD. Yeah. So we were expecting that they were just going to get trounced, but they ended up winning in overtime. Wow. So that's one game I remember that. Oh, Mavericks out yeah, of nowhere. So, yeah. And then I remember, oh, I can, we're going to have a two-hour podcast, Rebecca. <laughs> you know we have a guest, right? Oh, yeah, that's okay. right. So I do, and I also remember in 2011, I, you've got to, I've got to mention this because they finally won the NBA championship. Yeah. Do you remember where we were when it happened? No. Oh, yes. 
Where were, were we? we on a cruise? We were on a cruise. We were on, we were on, a Disney on the Disney cruise. Magic. Yeah, we were on a Disney cruise. So we're sitting on the, the... against the heat, and we were sitting on the deck, right? Yeah. See? Yeah, the deck. No, I couldn't remember what that word was. <laughs> we're sitting on the deck, and there's this giant jumbotron, and we're watching the game, and the and Dirk's just taking it to the heat, and we <laughs> saw that final game on the deck of the Disney Magic. Yeah. And it was magic. It was magic. Yeah. So do you have any? Yeah. Some of my favorite memories, memories of games are like that one time when I had those amazing nachos. <laughs> were so good what yeah well that's what i remember about the games oh yeah like the, the food you was so the food? yeah no i'm just kidding yeah. i actually as you talk about games i remember them but i'm terrible at that type of stuff i um, think guys have the they have we have an extra gene or something in our brain that allows yes. us to remember games right they're put in a place that we can pull out later mm -hmm. the one game i remember is this time that they were calling for all people to come out to do a three-point shootout contest at oh, Reunion Arena. I see where you're going. All these guys go out and during the day, during the day, you line up around the building. Scott Hardy's one of them. Line up around the building. Must have been 500 people. Yeah, the bottom, the bottom of the Reunion Arena was pretty full. Full. So I don't know how many people. Were you lined was. up inside? We were lined up outside, and then we sat in the before you went on the court. You sat in the seats, just yeah. waiting. So yeah. 500 or so people. And they all go out on the court, I guess, what, one at a time or two at a time? Two on, on either side. On either shot, side. Yeah. And you're just shooting threes. And the top 10 get top tickets 10 made it. for that night's game. Scott Hardy comes in third. I was third out of like 500. 500 people. That's what, my claim to fame in yes. sports. I love watching Scott play basketball. He's so good at it. He's so smooth. Smooth like butter. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I like things. the scattering report. <laughs> <laughs> So it's been a long time since I've seen you play other than just like pick up with the kids. You still, you get this intense look on your face where not as much as I used to, yeah, but I do, I do get locked to. in. You get the look on your face. Like I am never going to foul anybody and you're always going to foul me. <laughs> and isn't that every basketball player? <laughs> Probably. I've never traveled. I've never fouled anyone. That's right. Yes. They always found me. So we got tickets that night to come back, of course. And the winner, top person, gets two free American Airlines tickets for everyone to go. And so we, I am sitting up in the stands, like where they put all the people that won the tickets. The, the free tickets. Yeah. yeah. The free tickets. Um, and with all the other ladies that are up there, like their husbands are all going down to shoot, which was really cool. And um, I remember seeing you walking on the court for halftime they were playing the suns because you walked across you walked by charles barkley i did yeah and he he walked out and you walked in and i was like he literally just passed charles Barkley. and you gotta act cool you gotta act like you gotta oh, act this, cool. is, this yeah. is every day right for sure even though your head comes up to his like belly button yeah um so anyways then you go out on the court and i think you ended in eighth maybe yeah i did something like that so, uh, maybe six it wasn't i didn't have a good performance no it's totally different when you've got there was probably 15 to sixteen thousand people and I just walked by Charles Barkley. Yeah, your heart's a fluttering. Yeah, I'm just a little, you're like a little out of body experience. It's like a little euphoric. You're on this court that you, at that time, I've been watching games for 20 years at yeah. that court. Yeah. So I did not have my best. But hey, it was still super fun. Though. We were there. Yeah. And you got us tickets there. I was looking in my office. I know I had that certificate still. Do you really? It's probably in my desk. I've got the certificate that says, you know, three you point contest that. and yeah. I made the top 10 and all that. So. Yes, you're, you're amazing. It was you're very really cool. Good. Yeah, you're really good at basketball. Anyway, so today we have Dana Larson on our show. You're going to love her. She's a mom. She's a sports reporter, broadcaster. She does sideline for the Mavericks. She's won national awards as being last year. She won best sportscaster. She's so incredible. she's amazing. She's the most professional, awesome mm -hmm. person you can meet. 
and she has some inside scoops on what she has to say about the Mavericks this year. So Mavs fan or not, you better listen up because here is Dana Larson. First off, we want to just, I want to say congratulations to Dana for winning uh, sport, Sportscaster of the Year. First woman in Texas to do so. Uh, I am such an honor to share a desk with you. I've learned so much from you. You're so well-deserving. So we just want to say that it, it's, a, it's a big honor, and we, we're just so happy that, you know, you accomplished so much. So congratulations. Devin, thank you. We are a must royalty surprise. right here. The National Sports Media Association, the first woman ever to win the award, former winner. Josh Bogeron from the Stars, Dale Hanson, our own Mark Followell, Brad Sham, Craig Way, Eric Nadell. <laughs> Look at that. Oh this is a surprise. Gosh. We didn't want her to know we no, were doing this. Didn't. But you are by far the anchor of our team, not the anchor like a sports anchor. You you hold this all together. You're dealing with stuff behind the scenes. You're you're you know so much about the Mavs. You've made me better in my year that I've been doing this as a novice. I know that you make the show better, and I don't know what we would do, either of us, without you on the broadcast. Well-deserved, and congratulations. Oh, to our fearless oh. leader. Oh, my goodness, guys. I'm going to be a little emotional here. Stop it. No, you're only as good as the people you work with. That I know. Behind the scenes and right here with me. I couldn't do it without you guys. You make me look so much better, and uh, it's, it's an honor, certainly. I'm truly, truly honored and humbled and thank you guys. Um, Dana Larson, thank you for joining Hardy Party of Five and a Half. We're so excited to have you here. Totally fanning about this. We are obviously huge Mav fans. Um, and so we just want to hear a little bit of background of like, how did you growing up in Scottsdale? Did you like love sports growing up? Did you play sports? So I actually never really played sports. I was a gymnast when I was young and then I was a dancer all the way through college. Oh, wow. Uh, like ballet kind of dance, like oh, ballet okay. and Classical. musical theater kind of stuff. And um, in fact, I went to SMU on a dance minor. That was one of the things that got me to Texas. But to go all the way back to the beginning, my I was actually born in Denver. Um, okay. And I just like was a huge Denver Broncos fan. That was during hey John Elway heyday. And my, my dad was a huge fan. I have an older brother. And I just spent a lot of time watching football with them. Yeah. And so I just became a fan. It was something to do with them. I'm sure you hear that kind of story a lot. I never really went to play sports, but I was constantly at my brother's games, mm -hmm. constantly watching. And I've taken it in by osmosis, loved it, like just was a big fan, enjoyed it. Yeah. And as things went along and I got into school and I was trying to figure out what I thought would be interesting for a career, um, I enjoyed writing a lot. I was really interested in journalism and I loved sports. So I started to kind of think, oh, how could I do this? So little stuff like writing for the high school sports page, yeah. doing the sports profiles for the yearbook, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then that just kind of, that's what, you know, ultimately I so said, I think I want to do broadcast journalism and I want to do the, the sports side of it if I can. So I went to SMU, got a, a broadcast journalism degree, minor in dance, which was cool, kind of a cool thing to see all these worlds. Yeah. Um, even went to New York one summer to dance to kind right. of see if that was would do it. And that was not going to pay the bills. I figured that <laughs> out very, very quickly. Yeah. I actually was this job when I first got started, to be quite honest. I, 
I started in some small markets and I started doing news. Um, I really didn't even get into sports until I begged the news director at my first station when there was an opening to give me a chance. Let me please yeah. let me audition, please, please. I was not enjoying covering like the grass fires on the freeway and yeah. the meetings. <laughs> Well, and when you're at the bottom of the barrel, don't you have, you have to go to do the on-site stuff, right? Like stand in oh, front yeah. of city hall when nobody's there. <laughs> oh, huh, yes. All of that stuff. I didn't know what I was doing either. I mean, I was going to these meetings. I didn't know. I, I just was so, too young. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. It was, it was more terrifying than anything else. And so luckily they were kind enough to give me a chance and I've been in sports ever since. Wow. So that's how you got started in broadcasting. In yeah. 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 So, yeah. So how long have you been in sports broadcasting specific? So I guess technically since like 2000, really, um, okay. maybe 1999, late 1999. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, 2000 was when I started. I went to a station in Waco and then I went to work in Austin um, that was a great situation. Loved it there. And then I've been now with this network which has changed owners and names over the past 20 plus years yeah that's great so just in time for the pandemic yeah yeah exactly that was that was super fun that's where we learned to zoom we had to figure out all these things from home when we were talking about that earlier is one of the good things of the pandemic if there can be something good is we're all used to Zooms now. Like we wouldn't be able to do the show like yeah. we do it because right. no one really knew what Zoom was. Right. And you probably so, wouldn't meet us for dinner. So, you yeah, know, like, that would be awkward. And <laughs> no, I'd love to. I'd still meet you. It's, it's very, Whatever. it just yeah. makes it easier to meet. It does. So it's it cool. Does, yeah. Mm -hmm. It may, it, it definitely, right. I think that's the thing. Like the ease of it has opened up a lot of opportunities for, yeah. for different things. And I agree. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So tell us about your first Mavs game. Um, well, it's funny when I saw that on, uh, you know, one of your questions, I honestly cannot remember it. <laughs> I have tried. They all run together. They do. I have to say, and I was probably, uh, I was probably going out and covering them like more as a reporter rather than the pre and post game shows that kind of started a few years after I came to Fox sports at the time. Um, and so I was, I, I really don't have like a big, strong, vivid memory mm. of my first Mavs game. And I'm so sorry. That's so, <laughs> no, I that's could have cool. lied and made something up. <laughs> I could have, yeah. <laughs> I should have had a good story. Do you remember your first Mavs game? Oh gosh. <laughs> okay. Okay. I can't remember <laughs> my first Mavs Point. I, I know. I know. It, it, it was hard. Reason. I know they weren't very good at the time. That oh, much yeah. Early on, yeah, early on, it was tough, tough sledding. Yeah. So yeah, sure. let's talk about that. When a team is not good, we talked about this with Eric Nadell too. Like he comes up with stuff oh. in the booth just to talk about mm -hmm. when the when the Rangers are bad. So when a team is bad, do you do you think of things you can talk about when the game's a blowout or? Oh, for sure. And first no. of all, Eric Nadell, right? The goat. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. And that's someone that I can't even believe that I can kind of ask the same question you do. Like, how yeah. are you going to fill this time? I, yeah. you know, so I am lucky enough to be able to pick his brain from time to time mm -hmm. about stuff like that. And he is as good as it gets. And yes, I mean, we definitely know 
we, we come up with ideas. That's when it's like, that's when you're really earning your money, right? I mean, yeah. let's, mm-hmm. let's be creative. Let's, let's put our, you know, all our ideas together. And sometimes that's when some of the most fun things have come about. I mean, we'll use some features that we have of the, the or interview the players and ask them anything but about baseball or basketball, right. you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. And kind of start to get to know them more as people. Mm -hmm. Um, And then whenever we play stuff like that in our shows, it seems like it always leads, you know, everybody to some fun direction. And before we know it, we filled a whole segment and we're like, okay, yeah, that was good. Well, I think Eric, yeah, yeah, for sure. Eric Nadell, I think he writes limericks, doesn't he? Yeah, he He writes poems, you know that, like about what's about the actual game is watching. Like if it gets down to, and people will like send in messages to him on like how to help him like write a poem. Like, I, he, oh. well, that's just it. I couldn't do that in the middle of broadcasting. How does he do that? That's insane. Well, with baseball, you have the half innings. So he's got a minute to look at things. I guess you're right. I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I need to challenge myself now more. Yeah. yeah. I'm During feeling like I don't do enough. Yeah. <laughs> But I think it does the audience well, like us well, the spectator well, to hear personal stories of them, of theirs. Yeah. And I think that's a great place to go because we we want to know, like, what's your, what are you having for Thanksgiving? You know, like, yes, <laughs> give yes. Us a of that and it makes the next game more personal to us. Yes. Know, when we find out. Which those- then, honestly, you know, if you're when you watch these players and they make lots of money and if you don't know anything more about them than their salary and they're losing and they're in a bad stretch Mm -hmm. you're you're just there's no empathy for what they're going through right right, at all and I think once you realize they are people who come home to families and lose sleep Mm -hmm. over what happened that day because they weren't good at their job or whatever Mm-hmm. Um, probably getting to see that side of them is helps fans, you know, rally around those tough times a little bit more. And then mm-hmm. of course makes the good stuff like a thousand times more satisfying, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So you started out when they weren't very good. Then we got Dirk. So things start yeah. getting better. So right. we've, Dirk. We've had, yeah. We suddenly <laughs> like 50 games a season every year. So right. we have two superstars in Dallas. Fortunately, we had Dirk and now we have Luca. So tell us about each of those guys and what they're really like. First of all, I cannot even, and I know everybody knows, this is not breaking news, but Dirk is the greatest ever, like Mm -hmm. on the court and off the court. Mm. Um, Could not, we are so lucky to have had somebody in our lives and in our town and in our, with our teams like him, because he is literally just as genuine um, and funny and wonderful as you hope he would be. So to me, I just, and then to pass the torch on to someone like Luca, like so seamlessly, this is just unbelievable. This just does not happen very often. But I think the thing that's interesting about the, the difference between the two of them, you know, when Dirk came to Dallas, he was from a small town in Germany. The international player was not something that we were all super familiar with yet. We, yeah. mm-hmm. we, there were certainly great international players in the NBA and had been for years, but there wasn't, you know, all this um, information to have about them. We didn't know everything about him. He didn't play on a big time team like Luca. And Luca's been playing since he was 16 yeah. on these big teams, right? So Luca's been a pro since before he could drive. 
Um, Dirk <laughs> got here and was still pretty young and still pretty new to a lot of this. And we watched him grow up. We, you know, I feel like I grew up with him. Yes. I feel like that was the, that was what was so cool about him. Mm -hmm. Um, and then he got great and he, you got to learn all about his work ethic and, and he got there because he was super talented, but he was always going to work his, his tail off. Um, Luca is just one of those supernovas who just kind of has landed here. He's already like ready to go take on the world. He's, mm -hmm. you know, he's got all these people around him because he's a giant business already. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's, it's interesting. It's just interesting to see that the difference in that. And I hope, you know, Luca's here for 20 years too, but we've, we had all that time to like enjoy Dirk's like evolution, yes. you know, yeah. we, we um, raised him. We kind of grew up, yeah. with we raised, we raised him. <laughs> Didn't did we? No, I, I feel the same. I feel the same way. I was like, knew him when he was just, a, you know, with the bleach blonde hair and the right. ear piercings. And then you yeah. see him get married and have children and do all these amazing things with his yeah. foundation and you're just you feel so like proud right right yeah and luca might still need a little parenting right maybe <laughs> oh maybe <laughs> and we're all here for that that's right. we're here, that's right. well but there's a the, lot of us moms here yeah yeah that's right at the same time we get i think uh, on the outside looking in we give athletes a hard time but when you're 19 and 20 and you're in this crazy world and you're making this crazy money, I can't imagine what I would have done at 19 or 20. Oh, yeah. I know. With, with this kind of access to things and we'd all that. Right. So it's pretty amazing. Yes, we'd be right. That's why the Lord has not blessed us with that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so I think it's it's a testament to these two superstar guys that they've been humble and they do their work. And it's true. You know, so I think that's cool because mm -hmm. we can get pretty negative about it. Oh, no question. And maybe yeah. even, I mean, I don't know. I kind of want to give Dallas a little credit, like for being the right place for both yeah, of yeah. them, you know, where it's, it's, yeah. it's not a, a New York, uh, yeah. it's not a LA. Um, it was a good spot. It's like right in the middle. It's, you know, yeah, it's yeah. not a small market, but it's not a, a market where it's white hot lights all the time on you you can make your mistakes and we're like very forgiving you know yeah, we're yeah. very happy to have you <laughs> and and we'll we'll work through some things with you along the way too right. so I think, think that was typical for like all of like I, as you're saying that I'm like well kind of all the sports in Texas are DFW area like I feel that way about all of them like we're all the fans around them are pretty forgiving and you know going to be alongside with them and i it's not that way in other states right or other places i mean i don't think so you know, okay uh, yeah yeah i think i mean i don't know i can't speak for for the cowboys that may be a whole different, <laughs> whole different world you know but um no i definitely think that and i think that's why dirk has stayed mm -hmm. and didn't leave he could have yeah. gone to another team you know but i think he knew this was uh, this felt right for right him. For yeah sure. yeah mm-hmm yeah. So the season's upon us and we know you're super busy as it ramps up. So how do you get ready for the season? Well, so I definitely start with um, diving family in. Photos. You start with family yeah. photos. Family <laughs> photos are very important to get out of the way. Yes, get those out of the way. <laughs> Got to get that Christmas card um, taken care of. Um, all this stuff has to happen now yeah. because by Halloween, though, it's just, it's wheels off. Totally right. wheels off. 
Um, no, once training camp starts, I mean, uh, you know, there's media day, media day is like sort of the kickoff of everything. And we do a lot of research and producers kind of all getting together and we're looking at the storylines and the new players and this, that, and then we gather all those interviews at media day and really start to kind of get a feel for like, okay, how is this going to go? Then training camp, I, I go to practices, we do the media availability, go to the preseason games, mm-hmm. um, and just, you know, get to hear what they're saying, see what the see what the practices look like, see what the games look like, and just, um, I think, kind of, you know, submerse yourself into this world right now, and then um, feel like you have a pretty good foundation by, like, the opener of what this is going to look like, what the big stories are. Cause that's what we're trying to do. We want to make sure we're hitting all the big stories. Um, what's, you know, has that changed over training camp or are, you know, are those things looking like that's what everybody's still focused on? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But like before last season, did you get the, when you're around the team so much, did you get the vibe that this could be a team that goes a long ways last year? So the, I will tell you just a, yeah, a little bit of a personal note for me. Last year, I actually missed all of training camp for the most part. Um, unfortunately, my mom had a, a real scary health issue, okay. which happened right in September. And I, my uh, company was amazing, and they gave me full leave. Wow. And I really missed a lot, I'll be honest. So when I came back, I was like, Okay, here we go. I was diving in and I was seeing it with everybody. Um, I didn't. So to answer your question, I really didn't have a good sense of what this could be. I knew Jason Kidd had a lot of question marks around his history as a head coach. So how would that play out here? That was going to could make or break, obviously, the direction this went. Um, I don't think anybody saw it going this smoothly in his first year there was so much buy-in by the team he has Luca's respect he has Luca's trust and when you have those things from the star player everybody falls in line and that just and it wasn't perfect obviously we remember there were some ups and downs like at Christmas they were below 500 last year I remember yeah Mm -hmm. so it took that crazy month of January I think they won 12 out of 14 games in January to really get it going. And then of course the big trade. So, all, so here, you know, things can change over the course of a season, obviously, especially with the trade deadline. And um, so I didn't, I had almost zero anticipation of the season last year and then was like, so pleasantly surprised, obviously with those things working out like they did. Okay. So this season you've been around the team more what vibe yeah. are you getting now? We want the official Dana Larson. <laughs> we want we want scattering porch. We want predictions. So um. wow. Okay. <laughs> Put me on the spot big time. I, will, I think you know, this is the problem. This is gonna be like you can relive this in a few months, right? Everyone's gonna be like, she was so wrong. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, but what if you're not? What if you feel all great. of it? Yes. Yeah. Then we thing. get the first Dana Larson interview of 2023 is what's going to happen. Oh, like, yes. This will be a tradition. <laughs> this will be an absolute tradition. So I honestly, it feels really good. It feels really exciting. Yeah. It feels like not only are they already comfortable with the defensive uh, foundation that Jason Kidd laid, they're already in knowing that's what's going to win 
games and get them to the playoffs. There's chemistry there because there's a lot of the same guys. Mm-hmm. Um, the new guys that were added, I think, are already getting people's attention. They know it filled a void. Um, yes, they lost Jalen Brunson. That is a major, major um, you know, hole to fill. Nobody's dancing around that. Everybody's acknowledging that. But there are, it does feel like there are enough things to make up for it in different ways. Tim Hardaway Jr. was out for almost the entire second half. He he looks really good, really healthy. Um, they were not big. They now added two huge bigs, you know, with Christian Wood and JaVale McGee. They should not be bullied around the rim anymore. <laughs> they shouldn't have to play small ball just out of necessity, yeah. um, which sometimes was to their advantage. Um, but they, I think there's... A lot of excitement. The rookie, by the way, Hardy Party, you guys. <laughs> I'm so excited for you because Jaden Hardy, everybody loves this kid. And uh, it's going to be a Hardy Party all year. It's going to be a Hardy Party. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get some jersey. And then we need to do yeah. a tie-in for that. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. So Spencer Dinwiddie, which it's just a fun name to say. <laughs> Yes. He came in with the trade and he just kind of took off. Like he's already a talented player. So it seemed like he fit in great with Luca. So will he be starting with Luca or is he going to keep coming off the bench now that Jalen? Well, it feels like he's going to start. Yeah. Um, he did not start in the uh, second preseason game. They actually had the rookie, Jaden Hardy, come in and start in that. Um, number two spot but I wonder I think that was just looking at that was just looking at things it's hard to take much from preseason games yeah um I think the idea is definitely to have Dinwiddie start but then what they will do is the the minutes the way they will manage them is Hardy like Luca will play the entire first quarter most likely that's how he did often Hardy will I'm sorry Dinwiddie will start but come out earlier so that then they will start staggering Luca and Dinwiddie. Um, so there'll yeah, be times guard, together. Yeah. And then there will be times when he's out there by himself. So um, I, I think that, and that could change, you know, they may yeah. try different things and look at different things. Um, I think he looks, Dinwiddie loves this opportunity. This is big for him, you yeah. know, and I think he wants, he wants to take full advantage of it. Yeah. Okay, so tell us about Dorian Finney-Smith. He's kind of like, to me, he's like the glue of the team a lot. So what do you think about his game? Not only the glue, but I always say he's the heart and soul. Yeah. I think he is, and, and, I've, and I notice it even more this year. Um, I feel like he's now like this, you know, the spoke in the middle of the wheel. Like Luca's this, this, you know, straw that stirs the drink. But it's like without... Dorian Finney-Smith it's he just brings everybody together like the glue like you said because everybody respects how he got here undrafted worked his way just to make the roster I mean just imagine that he wasn't even drafted and had to work and fight just to make the roster now he's like a guy you cannot he's like untradeable you don't want to lose him you he starts every night he plays 40 plus minutes you have to have his defense you have to have his offense all of that stuff we now know all about him he became a three-point shooter he was not (laughs) you know he worked hard to add those things to find his niche everybody respects that so much and he's a great personality 
He's so fun. He's so real. He's like super genuine. He's the guy when the rookies come in, he's kind of taken them now under his wing. So Jaden has connected with him. And it's like, if Dorian brings you in, okay, you're all good. Everybody's good with you. No. So I just think he is. And I asked him at media day, I was like, do you still think you're underrated? Are you getting enough credit for what you do? And he said, it doesn't matter if people notice. I don't care. I just know what I need to do. I know that I want to work really hard. I want to help this team win games. And I mean, that is absolutely what he has done. He's now irreplaceable almost. It's amazing. I love him. He is, he's just, like I said, the heart and soul. Yeah. That's like the definition of a leader also. Yeah. The one that doesn't care if he gets. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's to elevate the rest of your team. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Okay. So we've heard a lot of good things, Dana. (laughs) So what do you think? Are we going to win 50 again? And how far are we going to go in the playoffs? I know it's a so long out, but it, I know predictions so, you could be making right now. I mean, I you know. Oh my God, this is so scary. <laughs> we're going to put, okay, we're putting so, money down on whatever you no, say. Right. Okay. <laughs> if you see my NFL picks in the, in the Dallas morning news, you probably <laughs> will want to stay away from doing that. Um, <laughs> I think they will win 50 games. It is going to be a lot harder, though, to get as far as they did. There were a lot of things that lined up well in the Western Conference last year. The Clippers had major injuries. Yeah, they did. They were not, you know, competitive like they should be. And they are, you know, one of the absolute teams that are the favorites to win it all now with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George back and healthy. So you've now got them back in the mix. You've got other teams. um, You've got Zion with New Orleans back. I mean, he is going to be so much fun. And New Orleans was was actually made the playoffs after starting so poorly last year. So Mm -hmm. they're in the mix. Memphis is going to be good again. Phoenix is, who knows? They're a mess, but (laughs) they have so much talent. They're going to win a bunch of games. Um, Golden State, of course. So I, I just think the path to get to the Western Conference Finals is going to be so much harder. Yeah. Um, that I want to say, I want to say they're going to get to the semis, and I'll be thrilled okay. if they're back in the finals. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, it's it's ironic because it's probably they're probably going to have a better team, but just a tougher conference to get through. That's and, a, it's a really good. I think point. the Lakers are going to be a lot better too. I think they're going to well, get it back together. And you're totally right. That's what's so funny. I, I, I keep like not even thinking of the Lakers because <laughs> I don't know what to make of them. I'm like, is Russell Westbrook really going to still be out there messing things up? You know, can yeah. they, are, is LeBron really going to, you know, be able to play how many games? They, it seems like none of those guys can play more than, you know, 30 games at this point. So you're yeah. right though. There it's, it's ridiculous yeah. of me not to give them, you know, their right. due respect. I don't want them to be there, but I have a feeling they might, they might <laughs> rebound this year. We did buy tickets to one of their games. We did. We're going in LA. So. We're going to LA over Christmas time. And we are crazy because we bought, we found out the Laker game is at six 30 on a Monday night, Sunday we, night, Sunday night. Yeah. No, it's a Monday night. It's the 18th. Oh, okay. Gotcha. No, maybe you're right. He might <laughs> He's probably right. I'm right this time. I think you're right. (laughs) So anyways, we were like, we want to go to SoFi too. I wonder what's going on there. Well, the Chargers play at 1.30. We're going to a 1.30 Charger game, and then we're going to try to get through LA traffic to a 6.30 Laker game. I know we're nuts. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) I don't know if we're going to make it or not. 
We'll see how it goes. We spent more money on the Laker tickets, so we're prepared to bail on the SoFi game. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for, that, yeah. that's probably smart. Wow, yeah. good for you guys. So do you have any like funny, crazy stories? Have you gotten like ran over a hundred times? Like any funny stories you can think of? You know, just the stuff that I guess stands out that I'll probably look back on when it's all said and done are just the the moments like being in a clubhouse with champagne, <laughs> being sprayed and, you know, and um, getting to be a part of a, a team traveling group, you know, going on a private jet for the first and only times I'll ever be on a private <laughs> jet, you know, traveling with the cool. team. I've, there were just a lot of things or just the fact that I had my two daughters over the course of basically the Rangers going to the world series and the Mavericks and, uh, you know, winning their uh, NBA title. I was doing their championship parade at like nine months pregnant. Oh you my know? And so I tell that story to my daughter all the time, you know, like every time <laughs> I bring it up, you know, so just, I think getting to um, have those experiences, getting to know some of them and, and almost be able to call some of them friends, these yeah. athletes, because it's, or that I end up working with them and become friends mm -hmm. with them is pretty amazing. I mean, I'll be forever grateful. Michael Young um, mentioned me in his Rangers hall of fame speech, you know, wow. and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> but you know, there was you, and I appreciate as much as we show them so much respect and honor what they do in their time. When somebody does the same to you, it is, really, really um, amazing because, yeah. you know, a lot of times they are, don't want to deal with the media or look at you as the bad guy or that yeah. their time is more important. Right. And those, mm -hmm. there are so many though, like Dirk, like Michael Young, um, like the ones I get to work with now that are really great people. And that's, you know, pretty special. That makes it all. So you mentioned your daughters. How do you balance that i mean tell tell the mom out there how do you balance oh. your job you've got you have you are doing all kinds of jobs how old are your daughters now i have a 14 year old she's a freshman in high school and an 11 year old sixth grade just you're in the trenches it's <laughs> you're i know and at least it's actually probably easier now like when they were babies and i was i mean i remember like rebecca you can probably appreciate this i was carrying like my my pack of milk for the babies <laughs> on my back as I'm flying to cover the world series in St. Louis. And oh I'm like, gosh. what are you doing? This is so hard. This is so hard. And it was so hard. And I was just so tired. That's why I don't think I remember anything. Yeah. I just, you know, You're it's just walking gone. through days. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just a days, but I, and I probably don't balance it. Right. Like all working parents, you, you can only try Right. And there's going to be times when it's way out of kilter. You're either yeah. way working way too much or you have to, or mm -hmm. you're, you know, I've got some time away and I'm fully engrossed in the kids and I'm going, oh my God, when can I go back to work? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Get me out of here. It's so much harder, you know? It is so much harder. You're right. And, you know, parenting, it's like you're, I mean, you're, you're in the trenches, but it's good for them to see you work so hard. It's good for them to see you succeed and fail. You know, all of these are life lessons for them too. You know, like they're, they're learning from you as well. So that's we, true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, I think it's, once they got old enough, that's when I felt better about having been gone or being gone yeah. for work was when I, one of them or any one of, or two of them could say to me like, Oh, it's okay, mom. That's all right. Go to work. We understand. That's cool. Yeah. You're going to have fun. 
tell us about it later. And you're like, oh, okay. That's Instead right. of them holding on to your leg, crying. Right. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. Mom, here's your gold star. Go to work. It's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now my teenager's yeah. like, can you go, please? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Why are you here? Yeah. Exactly. That's so That's true. Funny. Well, Dana, you are a role model for lots of young girls and young women who want to be in this profession. You have just proven yourself to be amazing at this. And we are so thankful you took time with Hardy Party of Five and a Half today. You're beautiful. I hope your family pictures are wonderful. And we are going to see you on the sidelines. Okay, good. Come say hi. I'd love to see you. That would be so great. Thanks so much, Dana. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. Bye, guys. Okay, Rebecca, according to Dana, it's playoff time again. So apparently it's time to go play some bets. <laughs> That's right. We're putting all our <laughs> money our, down. Who's our bookie? Is that what they're called? I don't know if they're called bookies anymore. <laughs> I think you can just go online on your phone and do it now. You don't have uh, to like okay. go to a, so your the back of a bar. Your <laughs> yes. We're putting all our savings on everything that Dana just said. No pressure, Dana. No pressure. It's going to be fine. <laughs> but She's I'm never going to talk to us again. <laughs> well, if it all works out, block, she'll be like. Block, block, block. Right. So just getting to talk about the Mavericks and it's just so exciting. Yeah. That's the way I am with local teams, my local teams. If they can just be competitive, like the Rangers this year, just be competitive and I'm good. Yeah. Like I enjoy going to the games, but just show me something. You don't ask for a lot. No. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited that we're we're looking at the Mavericks going to the playoffs again. Because because I remember going back to the Wayback Machine again, going to Reunion Arena, I went to a Portland Trailblazer Maverick playoff game. Mm -hmm. And it was the, I got to sit on the side this time so I could see the whole court. But it was the most amazing experience because even though American Airlines Center can be great, Reunion Arena was just a different, it was smaller, people were closer together, it was louder. Yeah. And just, I remember just how crazy, it It was a cool sports experience. And the Mavericks won that game. I think they ended up losing that series. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just, I just remember the rowdy fans, yeah. and how exciting it was. So yeah. I just love that. Like even baseball playoffs, even though the Rangers aren't in it again, mm -hmm. I get excited about the playoffs because that's when every inning and every quarter Everything and every matters. shot matters. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That's so, so fun. Yeah. Well, we've got to go get Maverick tickets because Dana told us to come say hi. <laughs> that's right. We got to go see her. That's right. This is the last little bit of money we have before we put everything <laughs> on the Mavericks this year. Spending it on two Maverick tickets. Yeah. And then replacing our bets. Then we got to wait until June or July to see what happens. That's all right. She's either going to be brilliant or we're going to be poor. Is it considered a short term or long term investment if it's eight or nine months? That's probably short term. Okay. So we have a short term investment going. <laughs> well, we hope you enjoyed this interview with Dana Larson. Isn't she the sweetest? Don't She's you just awesome. want to have dinner with her? Uh, exactly. She's yeah. amazing. We loved it. We loved all the insight. We're not really going to spend all our money on bets, right? Well, we'll talk about that off air. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> When's the last time you heard me betting anything? Never. Yeah, I don't really do you that. You don't do that. No. So I feel like we're safe. Danny, yeah. Danny you're safe. <laughs> so we hope you enjoyed this little peek into the Maverick season with Dana Larson, Hardy Party of Five and a Half, over and out. We'll see you next time.